0: Listeners, we have a real treat with us. We have Benedict Seal. Uh, what well, How would you say that in French, Phil? Benedict Seal. Which, you know, is entirely appropriate because he has enjoyed the sun and the glitzy glamour of the Cannes Film Festival in 2017. Benedict, welcome back. What do you say? Welcome aboard. What's the phrase? Just I say, say bonjour. 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 Hey, how was it? Ça va? Oh, Ça va bien, merci, Phil. Très bien. Merci. Wow, what everyone was looking for, yes Um, Benedict, we're so glad to have you back Sorry that we couldn't arrange for a sort of mid-can report Uh, Things like my daughter's tooth getting knocked out uh, Played a part in that As did your overall business It's been a hectic couple of months But I'm very interested to hear what you've got to say Do you have any sort of um, immediate impressions you want to give us About what it's
1: like to be at such a high-class event? Uh, Tiring It is uh, a very, very hectic two weeks. I saw a total of 27 films. 27? Over, I think, 10 days. And yeah, you kind of just have to go with the flow. Lots of queuing, lots of sun and lots of movies. What is the actual viewing experience
2: like? I I get the sense that it's much more intense. People cheer, they clap, they
1: cry, they leave. It's all going on. Is that the case? Yes, I think that is. And I don't know whether that is maybe like a french thing or just something very very specific to the Cannes film festival because yeah i'm sure you heard about films that were booed or films that get four minutes round of applause just everybody standing up at the end it is a very yeah active uh, audience and did all. you get
2: swept up in the frenchness or were you staunchly british and just sort of nodded your head at
1: approval
0: croissants for breakfast you know le petit déjeuner le petit déjeuner at <laughs> special k actually Oh, <laughs> le special k. very nice
1: i i find it very difficult to get so kind of built up about the films to boo and i like i mean personally i don't really like the booing thing even if you don't really respond to a film they kind of and as other people have said it's not really a boo it's kind of hissing oh and really just droning like kind of jeering it's like know? the house of commons like the just house of commons, the commons yeah just like yeah. that um but round of applauses i am totally down for and okay. I will clap and clap and clap.
0: How about? Uh, and this is interesting. Michael Dudok DeWitt, who did the Red Turtle, I heard him do his Q and A. He was talking about film festivals and how yeah. the uniqueness of the audience makeup really affects the filmmakers who are there. Because sure. basically, it's journalists and critics and media and press and film people. And if they've got an incredibly busy schedule, as with you, rather than sit there and take in the credits or reflect
1: on what they've seen half the time, just get up and leave because they've got to go to the next film. They do um i because the the thing with Cannes is there are so many films playing all the time you don't have or i personally with my past didn't have that rush to find something immediately okay so i would like to kind of hang around and like see the filmmakers receive their round of applause kind of pick up on the vibe of the audience once the lights are up
0: nice great job man i'm glad to hear that now i'm thinking is it a bit like glastonbury except with films so you could go and stand on a hill and you can
1: watch three at once kind of thing I've never been to Glastonbury. Okay. Neither, <laughs> um, neither have I. I mean, I'm just going by Wellington.tv. But possibly. It's It's a very, it's a very very strange experience, and it's unlike any other film festival I've been to. And uh, because you have, on the one hand, there's the glamorous angle, but you don't really see it if you're in the queues, in the heat. Well, don't say that, Benedict, because
0: my next question is the one that's on everyone's lips, which is exactly how many beers did you share with Will Smith?
1: Uh, exactly none. Oh i'm afraid is it I, not like that are you not within
0: reaching distance of stars you could find yourself sat next to one in ca5 and, see A5 and you, it's you know it's brad pitt
1: saying what do you think of this film that's true you could i bumped into uma thurman oh, oh geez, nice <laughs> nearly walked into me walking past because she was the head of the uncertain regard jury how about that so sometimes she would just watch the films with an audience rather than in a screening room or something wow so uh yeah she was with her people and did you did you faint me? with recognition? I didn't. She looked remarkably normal. Mm, imagine that. <laughs> imagine I that. Celebrities are actually people. Mm, I
0: know. Jury's still out, isn't it? So,
2: of 27 films, yeah. how many of those 27 films
1: blew you away? I would say just two. 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 Ouch. Yeah. Duh. Just a duh.
0: Well, why don't we do it like this, Bennett? I would be really interested to hear, because there's so much to chat through. Yeah. Uh, Give us those two. I'd like to hear your highlights and your lowlights. And I suppose these two films are probably the highlights then, yeah?
1: Yes, they are. So I saw a documentary called uh, Visage Village, Mm. or translated to Faces, Places. Ooh. And this is a documentary from, do you know the French filmmaker Agnes Varda? Uh, No, much to my shame by the look of your face. Well, see, I hadn't seen any of her films, but one of my editors who I was working for out there, he said, can you please see this film for us? And I was like, oh yeah, sure, okay, I'll... I'll Not go along, of it, and I managed to get into it. And it is really, really terrific.
0: Moi, j'ai 33 ans. Et toi, je dirais plutôt que tu as 88 printemps.
1: Truc rigolo, c'est qu'on va faire un film
0: ensemble. Bah ouais, c'est ça, le point de départ. Tu sais, c'est avec ce camion que je pars partout dans le monde. T'es partante? Je suis toujours partante si on va vers des paysages simples, vers des villages, vers des visages... Les gens y à l'arrière, comme dans un photomaton, et la photo sort dans les cinq secondes sur le côté en grand format.
1: facteur, c'est, c'est important dans le village. So it's Agnès Varda, who's this filmmaker, and she teams up with a guy called JR, who's kind of like a French Banksy. Okay, okay. He's kind of a mysterious guy. Like you see his face, but he's always wearing shades, and he always wears a hat, and you don't know his real name. And his kind of artwork is to do these massive kind of graffiti pieces where he like pastes photos onto aspects of the built environment onto the side of a house or a barn or something and the two of them travel around france speaking to people in all sorts of different professions mostly working class people and they will take their photos and they will blow them up huge onto a part of their everyday life presumably
0: with a bit of warning i mean because that would be quite a shock yeah yeah yeah, yeah. right
1: so is it photos of these
2: people or is it their photos like their family photos plastered big
1: uh kind of a bit of both Oh, okay. they will meet this person they'll be like how can we sum up this person and their existence and their french life in a photo and sometimes it'll be just them sometimes it'll be a family photo sometimes it'll be a group or an animal and so what took you about this film well, yeah i was gonna ask because with the documentary sometimes it's just that the
0: fact the subject is so fascinating yeah. occasionally it's because the documentary is so brilliantly put together which yeah. was it
1: a-, a kind of everything it really really blew me away and it's very very beautiful film and these two agnes vader and jr they're just a kind of match made in heaven like i mean she is 70 years old maybe and he's probably in his 30s so not people that you'd not necessarily put together but they just click wow and they have a really beautiful friendship that you see kind of grow on screen they didn't really know each other before the film happened so you're like it's a slice of life of these very kind of interesting uh characters what's the name again
0: uh, visage village do you have any information is that going to be picked up is it cuz can some
1: people they're looking for distribution right yes. are we
0: likely to see this on our shores
1: i think we pr- we we probably are it was very very well received i wasn't the only one who okay. raved about it uh so i can only imagine it'll come over but bec- with it being a documentary uh, I can only imagine it will have a smallish release. Okay. But I'm sure it might pop up on Netflix or iTunes. I can't say that similar. word
0: just yet, Benedict. We've got to I save know, the Netflix stuff
1: <laughs> Until later. Okay, great to hear. And what was uh, film number two? Highlight number two. Film number two was You Were Never Really Here, which is the new film from Lynn Ramsey, who directed We Need to Talk About Kevin.
2: Oh, right. Is either of you yes, like yeah, or yeah, know yeah. that film. That was hilda swinton and ezra Correct. miller miller yes. yes
1: which is a film i love
0: yeah a shock so, uh, sort of one of those books that was hugely shocking in good ways i think yeah
1: uh, and then turned into a film just as powerful yeah, yeah i think it's a, r- a really wonderful piece and this film is a brilliant follow-up was, I think, the final film to play of the actual in-competition films and Lynn Ramsey had only finished editing it the day before. So I watched the version without finished credits. And this is a pared down, it's about 85 minutes total, uh, kind of existential thriller. In a way, you could tell this story, which is Joaquin Phoenix plays an ex-military, very kind of uh, gruffled and battle-hardened and psychologically damaged person who kind of takes like odd mercenary jobs, in a way, and he has to deal with a kind of child prostitution ring. So dark subject. And that is really, that taps into something in his past, and we kind of go through this psychological, emotional journey of him tracking down these bad people. It's a slightly more
0: self-aware taxi driver similar
1: it has taxi driver vibes it's like a surreal taxi driver okay in a way very very subjective uh she's very good at working with color and with kind of camera distortion to really get inside this guy's head in a very disturbing way Mm. um it sounds intense man right now it's not sounding like one for me (laughs) yes no Well, I don't know. I just like
0: when it's a psychological thing uh, in a context that's as dark as you can get. Yeah. Sometimes I'm yeah not in the mood for that. I'll go watch Fast and Furious 8. (laughs) What was it particularly that connected
1: with you then? That's a a good point. Who knows? Uh, There's a really interesting... Because it's based on a book, I think. And it's not a book I know. I wondered whether it's the same author because I don't know whether there's a relationship there. I don't think it's the same author, but it's obviously her taking another dark text, I suppose, that captured her and doing her... Thing with it to t- make it cinematic and i'm um, yeah i don't know whether the book reflects the kind of the weird structure of the film but there's a scene in which there is a book a physical book and he's tearing the pages out of it and it's kind of what this film feels like it feels like feels like a traditional thriller in a way with pages torn out of it breaking up mixing breaking it up, up changing and distorting condensing it. it and distorting it and it's it's a rush of just things coming at you and not necessarily plot but feelings and emotions and this raw violence and uh, disturbing content is it
2: the sort of film which stays with you afterwards and you kind of reflect on what you've seen and you kind of process it yeah. after the credits roll rather than well in this case no credits but yeah. <laughs> after the film's finished rather than during
1: yes but it is a whirlwind as you're going through it. it really really is it really grabs you by the scruff of your neck and pulls you along for 90 minutes and i mean for a film so dark the fact that i would have wanted to seen it immediately mm. to go straight back in and because it doesn't really have like oh it's a first act and a second act and a third act yeah yeah it kind of could have worked i think in a like a cyclical way of just watching this film and watching this film and On it would loop, have... like an art installation loop, yeah like uh, what's his name howard
0: hughes and ice station zebra you sure <laughs> It's a little... T- uh, sorry. <laughs> Is that a random fact? It's true. <laughs> what are you doing? Like? That's right. <laughs> literally... It doesn't matter. Look, people, some people know what I mean. Uh, well, there we go. It sounds exhausting to me. But what wow. was that one called again? You Were Never Really Here. And with Joaquin Phoenix at the helm, I would imagine we'll see that one yes. maybe, in no short order. Yes, yeah, right? totally. Okay. And
1: it, yeah, I think it's BFI and Film 4 okay. funded. And he won Best Actor as well. Wow, way to go. Okay. Right. Well, before we move on to your lowlights, I'm sorry to say, uh, uh-huh. I just... I'm curious, you know,
0: a lot of people are drawn to the fact that movie stars are there And presenting things and their passion projects In between the good and the bad Did you see anything that's clearly seemed to be something A well-known
1: actor or director was was pushing as a personal project? Um, I think, I mean, the big, I suppose, the big name English language projects Were like The Beguiled, which is... Yeah, 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 yeah. heard a lot about it um, Which I thought was really interesting But a very, very small story and happy to be that but for me it didn't extend to that transcendent level that something like uh, you were never really here did I um, you were going to say Lost in Translation. <laughs> That's no, a movie yeah. wasn't yeah. it? No, yeah. Lost in Translation yeah. too, mm. which I watched in preparation. <laughs> did you do it? Good. Yes. <laughs> you said you would. Did you like it? Yes, I did like it a lot. <laughs> Good. You, we can come on to that later. You like could stay me uh,
0: Okay, yeah, because there's, there's a lot of press about the regards. Some people saying film of the festival, but not in Benedict's book.
1: Yeah, not quite. It's up there, though. And I think Best Director is well-deserved. And I think, actually, the awards given for a field that wasn't necessarily tip-top, I think the awards were uh well chosen okay i didn't see the winner of the palm door actually so who knows how that was uh it was the square which is i think oh this is the one about the performance artist uh, yes. who goes a bit nuts um, who goes a bit nuts yes. yeah, yeah and yeah. it's like two and a half hours long about yeah the art world in a kind it's of a satire isn't strange it? scandinavian satire yeah yeah um so i didn't see that so who knows how that was but i think the other picks were very strong because usually they with something, something a bit weird, and like, oh well, why did that win? That it was wasn't... I
0: Daniel Blake last year, of course.
1: Yeah, and I think I, I like I Daniel Blake a lot, but it's not striking can cinema to me. Okay, all right, okay.
0: Well, onto your lowlights, Benedict, if there are any that you can pick out of a hat. Were you hissing slash booing at anything?
1: No, inside, but obviously I obviously didn't physically do it,
0: but emotionally, were you?
1: Emotionally, totally. So the new film from Yorgos Lanthimos. Oh, Mister the Lobster, Mr. which the I lobster. loathed, Benedict. I hated. The I lobster. did not like it either. I Good. watched it in preparation. High five from <laughs> across the room. High five. <laughs> yeah, I watched it in preparation because I was like, "Well, I'll see his last film. It was quite well received. It did reasonably well in the UK and America." And yeah, I just didn't really get along with it. I thought the stilted dialogue was yeah. everyone got codes, man. Guarantee. And this doubles down on everything I did not like about the Lobster, and I think is really. Horrible and embarrassing and terrible. What's What's the name of this one? Uh, The Killing of a Sacred Deer.
0: What a charming boy. Isn't he?
2: Yes, very. How did his father die?
1: Car crash. Driving home. Smashed into a pole. Killed instantly.
0: How long have you known him?
1: Quite some time. He was a patient of mine years ago.
0: Did you go to the funeral? I did go, yes. Why didn't I go with you? I think I told you about it. But you were busy or something.
1: What makes it so vile in your mind? Well, not vile, just very bad and ill-conceived. And I thought, very tiring. Nothing, nothing to grab me at all. Uh, it's a, it could be quite a powerful little horror story in a way uh but it just with his kind of emotionlessness i don't yeah. know what you felt it's like about it is exactly
0: the same again is it with, uh, yeah i yeah. hated that in the lobster yeah. i thought it, it wrecked the entire film's premise it yeah. was an unnecessary addition and i think this is exactly the same but worse i think it. Uh, to be honest benedict it, it, am i most cynical i think it's a way of covering up for a lack of skill with yeah. dialogue and with actors yeah because, because it means you don't have to try yeah and people just have to say well I, you know either you get it and you're clever or you don't and he's above you artistically So yeah. sorry i'm running really sounding bitter <laughs> uh, i'm glad you didn't
2: like
1: it okay <laughs> <laughs> what's next on the not so the, the low lights the low well the other low lights i don't necessarily want to pick on as much I didn't like them very much, and I we probably, probably won't see them in the UK, to be honest, uh, because they're, I don't know, other European films or Asian films that I just don't think will pick up traction, because there are a few films that I saw that kind of go for like a slow cinema art house aesthetic, you know, like a very static camera, the thing that you often pick up on. I often love it. Laurie. Yeah. <laughs> and it's using that which can be can be great but it just has no substance and it's kind of suggesting like oh if we make a film that looks like this and sounds like this that in and of itself is enough and is over two hours yeah, long yeah, yeah. Th- that's enough but really no I've definitely seen films like that now. that have driven me insane I thought yeah. uh,
0: there's that British filmmaker in fact Joanna Hogg I yeah. think does that a lot and she is one for huge amounts of tedium sure. and, you know ultra realism that I just don't think there's really anything there yeah. but you have to convince yourself there is because it's artsy yes there we go. So, Better time, can I say I'm encouraged to see you've returned a grounded young man still. Have I? You know, oh, the arty fartiness of the festival. Hasn't sucked you up. No. Time, yeah, yeah. You, haven't come, you haven't come here using words like superlative and transcendent all yeah. that much. So you... Well, like you do, like <laughs> I only really
1: said superlative once. Ironically, of course. <laughs> so I was on the inside, but I'm mm. wondering how... It kind of it came across this this year's festival from the outside well i mean the
2: big thing that i was reading and hearing about was that netflix was getting booed and there was sort of weird maybe a conspiracy going on that Cannes was trying to sabotage netflix's films yeah and then there's been this rule change that netflix won't be there next year and all this sort of thing about the kind of old guard of film versus the new up-and-coming youngsters who want to be taken seriously yeah. and that kind of collision and did you see any of that were you a witness of that Event. There's one
0: particular film with Tilda Swinton, wasn't there, that um, was in trouble. Oh, Jay wasn't it? Sure, yeah.
1: I. It was impossible not to see that jeering started in kind of the press screenings, which I was not uh, privy to. So by the time I got to those films, it had kind of become a joke, and there'd be this strange audience reaction where you'd have people booing when Netflix came up, or even Amazon Studios, and yeah. you were never really here as an Amazon Studios distributed really, film the in the States. States one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, so when the Netflix logo would come up, you'd have some people booing, but then you'd have some people cheering to show their support, I suppose. And that it kind of conflict between a- old and yeah. new. Yeah, but it came across as a bit of a joke and a bit of a... Pantomime. Yeah, totally. Because I think can have to uh, just accept that Netflix and Amazon are some of the few studios who are actively funding these kind of mid budget even yeah like independent art house films from directors like uh lynn ramsey yeah it's harvey weinstein has been a champion
0: of netflix for quite some time hasn't he and it really does seem like not just with the sort of young up-and-coming types but also in the old guard, as you described it yeah there's obviously a lot of differences of opinion yeah uh, but I can imagine, it wasn't the stipulation that Phil mentioned that it has to be shown in a few screens in France to be considered for Cannes. Yes. I wonder whether there's a bit more pride in the festival there than it is actually reflective. Yeah, of I, the th- I think
1: there is. And of course, this, the, the weird thing is in France with the streaming services is you can't... Netflix can't stream a cinematically released film for three years. So really? You know, well, that, so they're that long so that, that they can long. profit at yeah, the yeah, box yeah. office. I mean, you can be a year or something for a blockbuster, can't it? Yeah, in yeah, the yeah. UK you can have... Oh, yeah, Gal- it really the galaxy, can be. Yeah, Uh, but it's three years. So Netflix would have to say, okay, we won't show our films in cinemas, but our Netflix original film won't be on there for three years, which I just don't think they're going to do. See, it's all that kind of stuff that makes me think, actually, this is a smaller thing than it really was. um,
0: And it's very situational uh, for the festival in France itself. Um, Personally, I think it's a good thing. I I don't know whether you saw Colossal did you, Benedict? No, I'd love to. That's part funded by Legion M, who are this fan-owned financing house. And, I think we're going to see a lot of disruptive stuff uh, in the film industry over the next 10 years or so. Yeah. I don't think anyone's prepared for it except Disney, who own everything.
2: Yes. Is there stuff that we should have uh, been aware of, Benedict?
1: I think I'd, you might have heard about this, but uh, Jessica Chastain, who was kind of one of the Hollywood members of the jury, she spoke in her their kind of final press conference, which is about, okay, how was the festival as a whole for you? Is mm. that like a keynote speech almost? Yeah, kind of, I think. Okay. So she spoke about what she saw in these films regarding women and representation of women. Um, and not necessarily saying that it wasn't there, that female characters didn't exist, but that they weren't treated as human beings or they were treated very negatively. And it is something that I picked up on too. Before it, she said it. Yeah, totally. Uh, there were a couple of films. There's a film called Good Time, uh, which is an American chaotic thriller. Uh, it's very, very tiring, actually. Uh, with Robert- <laughs> You looked tired. <laughs> I, I was... It. I was tired by the film and then I became angered by it for this very issue. Yeah, okay. This is a Robert Pattinson film. Okay. This is one that he's getting
0: huge plaudits for. Yeah, People are saying,
1: whoa, where's he been all this time? He is... Yeah, he's very good. But it has a very strange relationship with its female characters because there are mothers and grandmothers and kind of maternal figures in the film that are just slated and treated rather horribly and not necessarily on screen. It's not like there's violence against women. Just a very negative... Uh, kind of energy towards the female characters which as a a group yeah you mean yeah all kind of grouped together just saying that any women get in the way of our kind of like which we're trying to rob a bank to help my brother very very man problems you know and women are always seen to get in the way or they've caused problems for these characters in the past they've psychologically damaged them and i just thought it was very, very uncomfortable. Actually. And there was a sort of lack of self-awareness there. You don't think it was trying I to make a point? No Nothing. self-awareness. I think it go. was trying to make that point. In fact, it seemed as if the two directors, which are two brothers, maybe have their own okay. their own problems right. Right, that Ooh. they were processing in this film. But it came across as, uh, yeah, not too pleasant, really. And you think that's
2: not just in this film, but across the sets of films that you saw yeah. at Cannes, there was sort of this... Uh, women as a group not being represented in yeah in a fair light is it
1: yeah and i mean one of the netflix films the mayorowitz stories which was the noah baumbach film mm, yeah i'm curious to know about that which had a very good adam sandler performance did it indeed yes it did he's the best thing in the film how about that how about that peculiar and uh so that's kind of like a a jewish family dramedy i suppose dramedy however we want to say it and the strange thing about that is it's two brothers it's adam sandler and ben stiller and they have a sister as well but the sister is acknowledged by the film as being oh she was the child they forgot about but then the film forgets about her too oh dear so that's slightly different because i think that is self-aware i think noah baumbach is like well we're not giving her much time because in this fictional family she wasn't given much time but it does just come across as a strange, very kind of, like, male-centric story. I think he... Have you seen Greenberg? I have. I did not like Greenberg. Yeah, I've, I've almost reviewed that a few times
0: on what we've been watching, but I've stepped back because, yeah, I didn't like it either. That yeah. was incredibly male-centric yeah. and
1: utterly, utterly, utterly unsympathetic in yes. every
0: conceivable way, so it doesn't yeah. surprise me too much, sadly.
1: And I think this is this is definitely a better film, I think. It is well-acted, and there is there's some interesting scenes, but again, it's another film that doesn't really expand beyond its very kind of focused family drama in a way
0: okay well thanks so much Benedict. let's uh, round things up i'm sorry because there's probably loads more we could say so can i get your sort of top
1: three extra things that we couldn't squeeze in yes you can i think one film that i should talk about because we'll all be able to see it soon enough if we're netflix subscribers is okja Mm. Or, okay, I don't Tilda know. Swinton and I don't know who else. Did you J. say? Jay Gyllenhaal? Hall, Jaden okay. Hall and Paul Dano.
0: Oh yeah, big names.
1: Yeah, big names and like a big production for Netflix. I think it's a fifty million dollar budget. Wow, so one it? of their kind of up there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with their original productions.
0: We needed a miracle, and then we got one. This beautiful and special little creature
1: will be a revolution in the livestock industry. Our super pigs will not only be big and beautiful, they will also leave a minimal footprint on the environment, consume less feed, and produce less excretions. And most importantly, they need to taste good. Lovers. our plan is to expose miranda rescued pokja and bring her back to you 10 years in planning on the cusp of a product that will feed millions and what happens that farmer girl is going to destroy us you should know the situation is not good it's such a shame you have to tell all those little white lies This is a very, very strange film. So it's a South Korean director. He directed The Host, if you know that. It's kind of a monster yeah. movie. And it's a story of a, a super pig that's kind of developed to solve world hunger. <laughs> wait, 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 what? what? Super pig? They, 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 well, they call it a super pig. So they de- There's a company called Mirando, which is led by Tilda Swinton, playing two people, two sisters. So they're kind of the Mirandos. They're part of the family. And they have this company and they genetically engineer a pig that looks more like a hippo and it grows to be very big so kind of hippo sized and it's going to feed the world and, and it's going to feed the world because it's eco-friendly and it's like less methane and it's waste and all this kind of thing but also it tastes good mm. uh, so they're developing this thing and they, as a publicity stunt they send uh, a dozen or so of these pigs out all across the world to different cultures and different farming communities to be like whose farming techniques will bring this pig up the best and one goes to South Korea and that turns out to be the best pig. But the problem is one of the reasons why it's the best pig is because it was well loved and well treated. And the little girl has kind of fallen for this pig. So when the Mirando Corporation want to bring it back to the States to kind of parade their champion pig, she gets very upset and she kind of engages in a like a a whistle-stop tour across the world to the US to save her pick.
2: <laughs> this sounds so <laughs>
1: bizarre. Not what I expected. No, not at all. It sounds from interesting. any of the stills, yeah. yeah. So who do you think that film is for from that plot description? Well,
0: I mean, is it for uh, animal rights people?
1: Yes. That is, that, is one people that, it, that is one group that it is definitely for. See, the problem is, I mean, that to me sounds like a kid-friendly film. Yeah, sort yeah, of. Totally not. Plenty of F-bombs. Really? Almost gratuitously used right. bombs, which is just strange. Uh, it also has some horrific scenes of animal experimentation. Okay. When you kind of see some of the creatures that maybe didn't go so well. Oh, gosh. Which is really horrific and unpleasant. And it is just... The whole film is like that. It can't stick to one tone, to one type of film. And it kind of plays, like, not wanting to stereotype, but a cross between American kind of hollywood blockbuster filmmaking and strange asian filmmaking you know that kind of game yeah, show yeah, yeah. stereotype mm. that you see in lost in translation maybe, yeah absolutely of uh, kind of larger than life big hyperized. cartoony graphics hyperized and it does i suppose if this is what they've tried to do play as a cross between the two of them but i found it hard work Disorientating Disorientating, Disorientating, totally
0: It sounds like a a pretty intense uh, bit of satire That is going to really appeal to some people I would imagine you'll be seeing articles saying What everyone else doesn't get about this film Actually, Sure,
1: I mean it was quite well liked I think I think Mm. I was probably in the minority for being very mixed on it To be honest
0: Well there's hot tip number one There's one to look out for in a month Send this, well send Benedict your um, plus ones and minus ones That's kind of a review What what would you give it uh, grade wise? (sighs) Ah. Probably a C+.
1: Wowzer, There we go. Pretty
2: low. what Article 2 on the, the Whistle Stop Tour?
1: Article 2. So I had a moment... We talked about the booing. And I had a moment where I experienced it firsthand because it was one of the few first, like, premiere screenings I got into in the main theatre. And I was sat in the auditorium two seats away from the kind of the main aisle, which is where they lead the actors and the talent up from the red carpet through to their seats right in the middle. Right. And this film was playing out. And I was thinking, like, I can see people not reacting too well to this film. Oh, no. And lo and behold, the boo started when the credits oh, rolled, but they have every time, whether it's being booed or cheered, they always do the thing where the lights will come up. They'll get the cameras on the talent and they'll kind of oh, film no. them. And this will be blown up on the big screen, on the screens outside. <laughs> for all the passers by it's like a nightmare well it's a bit
0: like award stuff isn't it when they show all the people who failed to win the award but this is yeah. so much worse it is this so much people worse. saying
1: i don't care whether you didn't win an award i hated your film yeah. <laughs> i hate you yeah oh man and i mean there were some cheers in amongst the booze and the, the the kind of d- the director maybe the more experienced talent seemed to deal with it okay because they know that just because your film is getting booed that doesn't mean it's terrible yeah yeah uh, that just means it's divisive um, but it was the actors I think that obviously like bared their heart and soul for these very strange idiosyncratic characters. And they're, they're on the product aren't they? And they're on the product, their faces was on the big screen for two and a half oh, hours man. and they did not look too happy and I, I wanted to see this whole thing play out and then walk out but I just couldn't stay in my seat. You couldn't bear it. So I left and I went and too huddled raw. in the corner oh. <laughs> to see from,
0: from afar. The brutal oh, side of Cannes. Oh, that yeah. really man. is quite sad isn't it? People work
1: so hard on films.
0: I sometimes think about that when I really hated a, mil- a movie and People do work incredibly hard and it's they not do. nice to see people kind
1: of being spat on, Yeah, it? it can be very dismissive, I think. There, there is the, a sense of like, well, we're in Cannes, like, we're going to hold you to the utmost standards. Mm. And if your film confused me, I think it's always one thing that if a film confuses an audience, rather than taking time to process it, it's an immediate like, rah, let's boo, let's jeer, let's yeah. let them know that their film did not work for Too me. much of that uh, French wine flowing around the auditorium, Probably maybe. Possibly, yeah. yeah, imagine that. Okay, point number three. I think it's got to be Will Smith, isn't okay, it? Okay, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. The Fresh right. Prince of Bel-Air, who <laughs> strolled into town. Uh, and from the word go, I was there when his car arrived for the opening night. Nice. And uh, yeah, he was uh, wheeling and dealing his way around and taking photos and smiling. And uh, I think because he, he wasn't the head of the jury, that was Pedro Almodovar. Almodovar, really? Yeah. Great choice. Great choice, indeed. But I think... He's the Jackie director. No, No, yeah, uh, no, no, he did Julieta, n-
0: Julieta, Phil. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, yeah. Julieta? who mm-hmm.
1: yeah that's right but i think will smith kind of served as a second in command to kind of balance out so the Al- almodovar fans to kind of grab the wider more mainstream fans as well and he was very confident and uh, happy to kind of express his opinions and i think that it, it, it worked as a balance i think some people would have been like oh well why pick will smith at least jessica chastain is known to be thoughtful and to really talk about some of the key issues in cinema, whereas yeah. Will Smith is a big Hollywood star. But I think it really worked, and I think that would be a good thing to do going forward is to get a balance of filmmakers and actors yeah, and interesting. everything.
0: Well, there we go. I think that kind of wraps up can 2017. Thank you very much, Benedict, for reporting it's to us. It's been my pleasure. You've been a busy man, I know. And of course, you just finished your degree, haven't you? I have, yeah. Congratulations. Congratulations. All done, thank you. Have you done the t- tossing the hat in the air thing yet? No. I don't is... think they actually let me do that when I graduated. Did, Did you have to
2: hold a pipe in your graduation picture? A pipe? You know, they give rather than a diploma, they give you the pipe. Oh, the, the fake
0: scroll. Yes, I did. You <laughs> really? know what, I'll tell you what really wrecked oh. this for me, Benedict, is that uh, our older brother went to Cambridge University. Right. And I went along to his graduation. And after, you know, he spoke the Latin words, whatever it was, yep. in their fancy hall, uh, then we went down to a marquee buffet on their cricket pitch where yes. I served cold salmon and all, a variety of elite foods. And then at my own graduation, uh, we got a glass of orange juice. Great. Um, <laughs> yeah. So. All that to look forward to. <laughs> yeah, I know. Bring the family. That's well fun. done for yeah. graduating. Thank regardless. you very much. Right, any final notes, Benedict Otherwise, we'll be looking forward to having you back as when the next horror film uh, is released. As long as you're still around and haven't hit the big time already. Yeah, no, <laughs> I'll be here. Great. great. Absolutely. Cheers.
1: I seen him in that. He was really great in- <laughs> I've always valued him as. An actor. Yeah. I was thought he was pretty good.